It's Monday, Chaf Elul, Tafshin Ayin Gimel, the 20th day in the month of Elul, 5773. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Haiti be Paris ve gam be Roma Raiti et shivat piletevel Bakotev hatsponi ve gam da Roma Ach ein makom kmo eretz Israel Uch mokluyot shel nof yefot Tumot bezichroni afot Kmo baad adasha shel matlema Betarmili otan esa Lechol makom בכל מסע, כדי פסיפס מתוך תמונה שלמה. שלום לך ארץ נהדרת, עבדך הדל נושא לך שיר מזמור, גם אם לעיתים נודד אני על דרך, בטוב לנדוד אך טוב יותר לחזור. ריחי המגדלים בירושלים, בסמטאות השוק הצבעוני, גגות הרעבים של גבעתיים, הניבטים מבעד חלוני, את האביב בתל אביב, את סבתי ואת סבי, את החלה ואת נרות שבת, את ים המלח מול אדום ואשת לוט. started with Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet here on the Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. We are here live every Monday morning immediately following JM in the AM. That is 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, and wherever else you are in the world, <laughs> that's the time that we are there. And of course, you can always hear us not live, you can hear the archives of this um, broadcast whenever you like via the uh, Nachum Siegel Network link, which is nachumsegel.com, or the Nachum Siegel Network app, the iPhone app, which is available in the iTunes store for free. Just uh, search for Nachum Siegel Network, and now we have, of course, the Android app. And so everybody with a smartphone can listen to the show whenever you want, and uh, anyone with a computer can do so as well. If you have a smartphone, you can listen to it when you're on the road. You don't have to be near your 
computer. And the show rebroadcasts on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoons at 3 p.m. But, hey, you don't need to wait for that. You can listen to it whenever you want. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, lots and lots of stuff going on in the Middle East and in uh, the immediate vicinity of Israel. Egypt is uh, in, in a total state of flux, as is Syria. And last week saw a return of action from Lebanon. Last week, if you didn't hear the news, uh, rockets were fired from Lebanon into northern Israel. It's shocking how um, people living in northern Israel, without any advance warning whatsoever, even though uh, intelligence sources might have had some idea that this was coming, and we'll see in a second uh, why, but without any advance warning, the sirens go off and the inhabitants of the area of the, the, the residents of Nahariya and that area have to rush down into their um, shelters. Imagine that. Imagine you are going about your day. It's the summertime. Your kids are, I don't know, maybe in the playground, maybe in camp. And suddenly this siren goes off and you start thinking about yourself, but probably you start thinking even more so about your kids. Where are they? Are they safe? And it's amazing that this makes hardly any noise around the world. It was a big news in Israel, obviously. More than one rocket hit. I believe two or three rockets fell. It's like nothing happened. But today, three Arab I think they were children, I'm not sure, they're teenagers, I believe, were killed in the Kalandia camp in the, the Yehuda area of Judea, and already it made headlines. It's amazing. Now, what's interesting about it is, I happened to see the video, and I'm going to post a link to this video, of... What happened in Kalandia? This is a uh, what's called a refugee camp, which we can discuss at a later date. In Kalandia, the army went in to arrest a suspected terrorist, and the army was greeted by hundreds of young teenagers, mainly teenagers, but probably also people in their 20s, throwing everything at them, bricks, rocks, metal bars, and totally, basically chasing them away. And it is sad to watch the Israeli army in such a weak and almost pathetic situation where they have to retreat. Then, as a result of this, Three people are killed, three Arabs are killed, and now the world is going crazy. It's amazing. And of course, the Palestinian Authority immediately announced that they are halting the negotiations with Israel because of this incident. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Now, why do I say that the people in Nahariya last week that were hit with rockets had no warning? Why, uh, why would we suspect that they would? Because might have heard that one of the rockets was shot down by Iron Dome. It was not a great day for Iron Dome, the system that Israel developed to shoot down rockets. Um, until now, these were rockets coming from Gaza, Gaza. But the Iron Dome installation was up north. Obviously, Israel did have intelligence that's to expect rockets coming from the north. Unfortunately, it did not shoot down the other two, and so the Iron Dome uh, wasn't so effective this time. The Iron Dome uh, defense system, if you will. So that's the Lebanon side. After the next song, we'll get to Syria, and we'll talk also a little bit about Egypt. This is God Elbaz, brand new, off of his album Nigunu Mizmor, recently uh, released. 
This is from the Shabbat Liturgy, Kel Adon. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
God Elbaz with uh, Keladon off of his brand new album called Nigun Umizmor with um, some classic um, songs that we sing in Shul mainly. It's a nice Sephardic take on uh, something that I usually hear only from an uh, Ashkenazic version. Uh, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're uh, talking about the situation in the Middle East. Syria. Oh, before that, let me uh, just mention and thank listener Ira, who checked in by email to uh, let me know that the three uh, Arabs that were killed by Israeli forces when the the Israeli forces were attacked in the uh, Kalandia refugee camp, they were not teenagers. Two of them were in their early 20s, and one of them was 30. That was based on a BBC report. Thank you so much, Ira, for correcting that and checking in with us, and uh, you can uh, comment both on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, or via email, mayor, M-E-I-R, mayor at nachumsegel.com, M-E-I-R, mayor at nachumsegel.com. So um, what's going on in Syria? Let's see. Over 100,000 Syrians have already been killed, murdered by Bashar Assad. Over 100,000. But it seems that when Muslims kill Muslims, when Arabs kill Arabs, the world is less concerned. Can you imagine, can you imagine, if during a justified war, after being attacked, Israel would reach a point that it killed tens of thousands of Arabs, you can just begin to imagine the outcry that we would hear from the world, from the UN, from the United States. We must stop the innocence. There would be pictures all over the world. It would be the most important story. It was a story. It is a story, Syria. But the first tens of thousands... Sort of like went by without a major deal. I think when the number hit 100,000, it became a bigger deal. And when they started using weapons of mass destruction, meaning poison gas, it also became somewhat of a bigger deal. Well, a year ago, the President of the United States said that that would be the red line. If Syria used poison, they could kill as many as they want using regular bombs. But if they use poison gas, then the United States will have to take action. That's the red line. If you think about it for a second, that in itself is pretty shocking. Kill as many people as you want in the conventional way. But what happened is that months ago, months ago, the Israeli intelligence advised the world that the Syrian army led by Bashar Assad had already used weapons of mass destruction, WMD, in the form of poisonous gas. But nothing happened. At that time, months ago, the Americans came up with all kinds of excuses why they can't make a no-fly zone around Syria and so forth. So here, you have a typical situation. I think most parents understand this, right? When you threaten and you set a line, and then your kid goes over the line, if he sees that he gets away with it, he'll go to the next line. Because he sees you're not serious. Well, that's exactly what happened. America's weakness in the face of Syrian use of WMDs just created an emboldened, I should say, emboldened Assad. America became almost a laughing stock, a paper tiger. And only last week did the United Nations finally send out a committee of inspectors to check if, in fact, gas was used. 
And while the inspectors were there, and but less than a few miles away from where they were staying, he used it again. And the truth is that America is afraid of Russia, who is yet again the Syrian ally. The ridiculous foreign policy of Barack Obama, where he thought that he can have a reset with Russia and a reset with the Arab world, is now proving to be as ridiculous, as childish, as naive as we all thought it was. And Russia detects the U.S. weakness and feels emboldened as well. And now provides Syria with anti-aircraft missiles that will make it much more difficult for the United States and for Israel to do anything in the region. And those missiles will be delivered. And unless Israel destroys them, the United States... Probably won't do much about that either. There is a lot of talk in Israel now, by the way, lots of talk since yesterday that an American, some form of American action is going to take place soon. I don't know where they got this indication, but that's the indication that they have. So look out for that. Most Israeli commentators and analysts are saying that some American action will take place, but it will probably be too little too late. Because from over a year, several, what was it, two years ago, when the U.S. threw Egyptian President Mubarak under the bus and continues not supporting the Egyptian army, which is a force of stability and a bulwark against radical Islam, and the United States didn't do anything against Syria, even when it went over its red line. The United States, under the leadership of Obama, is showing itself to be a very, very weak world power, if you will. Okay, some nostalgia, I guess, is good. Before Shoshana, nostalgia is good when we think back. And when we think about the current situation and we think back, it's also good. Yossi Banai recorded this song many years ago about his childhood in Yerushalayim. Aniva Simon Umboiz Hakatan. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Simon Erolflin, Umoiza Katan Kapatz, Mogom Gadinu, Velvelota Horef Bakarin, Ayinu Mitkasim, Behol Achalomo, Ayinu Yeladin, Behayanisman, Anibe Simon, Umoiza Katan. Avrushanin, Meaz, Achshabair Gdola. Simon lo shomtun, afilu lo milam, umoiz akatan, veanu neelam, vegam kol noarets, varlo kayam. Aval anik she anikaf, levadi anik hozer lesimtaot, yalduti el neurai she neelmu, im hashanim lachaverim sheli hahem, hayashanim. היינו ילדים וזה היה מזמן, אני וסימון במוז הקטן. היינו ילדים וזה היה מזמן, אני וסימון במוז הקטן. היינו ילדים וזה היה מזמן, אני וסימון במוז הקטן. היינו ילדים וזה היה מזמן, אני וסימון במוז הקטן. היינו ילדים וזה היה מזמן, אני וסימון במוז הקטן. Ehud Banai with Ani Vesimon Moiz HaKatan, reminiscence of his childhood in Yerushalayim. And uh, in a moment we're going to get to uh, a collaboration of uh, Yoni Genut and Ehud Banai, one of the many, many members of the Banai family. The Banai family was a very, is a very um, large, uh, well-known Sephardic Yerushalmi family. And uh, most of the previous generation, the Yossi Banai generation, veered away from religious observance. But many, many in this generation, Ehud Banai, Meir Banai, Evyatar Banai, and more that I'm, I'm forgetting, have returned to religious observance, but continue in the family tradition of uh, music. And they are uh, great composers and singers and have made it on the Israeli scene, crossing all the uh, sectarian lines, if you will, religious, non-religious, Sephardic, Ashkenazic, and so forth. Want to tell you a little bit about a website called Latma. It's L A T M A L A T M A dot C O dot I L. Unfortunately, their weekly update called Mahadurat Hashevet, which was a uh, a video which you can see, and many of them have been translated into English has now um, ceased. They've stopped producing it. And Caroline Glick, who many of you know from the Jerusalem Post and from many of the Internet sites, Caroline Glick, who's a great journalist, was uh, who is the head of LATMA, latma.co.il, writes a, uh, an op-ed or an editorial, actually, explaining why they must stop um, the weekly broadcast of their fake news. It's sort of like what they did was every week, once a week, they had sort of like a a short 10-minute piece, something like the Daily Show in America or Saturday Night Live News, a satirical look at news. However, unlike the Daily Show or Saturday Night Live or in Israel Eretz and Hederet, which are skewed, totally skewed to the left, but all the way to the left, this one was skewed to the right. And it was amazing. It it was just brilliant. It was brilliantly, brilliantly done. And they approached Israeli Broadcast Network, Israel Television, Channel 1, that um, 
they should broadcast, just like they broadcast, just like you have Eretz and Hedera, they should broadcast this. And they were led to believe that that's going to happen. And so they invested a lot in upgrading this um, weekly broadcast and making it such that when the call came from Channel 1, they would be able to go right in and uh, produce this weekly show, which would be on Israeli television. Unfortunately, after quite a long time that they were being schlepped and schlepped, they reached a conclusion that they were just being schlepped and schlepped, and that the Israeli um, Broadcast Authority, Channel 1, had absolutely no intentions of ever having them on television. And yet again, the left wins in this war of ideas. And so um, they basically ran out of money, and they couldn't continue producing it. And Carolyn Glick writes about that. On lat madatio that I l l a t m a dazio that I l I'll post the uh, link. Uh, even if you're not a Hebrew speaker, they do have an. It's not as good. It's not as rich in English. But um, if you are a Hebrew speaker, it's amazing. If you're not familiar with it, you're really missing out. So uh, take a look at it. Um, and uh, they're going to continue operating, but uh, in a different way. And we're going to post that on our Facebook page. We have, by the way, thanks to everybody, we have 110 likes on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, and we encourage you to continue liking us. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, anybody who's interested in The Israel Show. They can go to our Facebook page, give us a like, or as we say, take a look, give a like, have a listen. We uh, promise you we're going to continue our exploration of the PU team of Slichot. This one is a Sephardic piyut. It is said by the Shliach Tzibur before he begins the Chazarat Hashatz. We, the Ashkenazim, have a Hinini Ani, which uh, the Shliach Tzibur says before Musaf, even the silent Musaf, this one the Sephardic one is said before the Shliach Tibur begins the repetition of the Musaf Shmona Esrei. The words are Hashem Shamati Shimacha Yareti Hashem Hashem Shamati Vinirgazti Yombo Tifkedeni Zachor Kiafaranachnu. Basically, talking of the greatness of Hashem and how low we are. Hashem Melech Yoshev Al Kiseidin. This um, this version is done by uh, a group called Project Ivan Halev, and it is done in the Yemenite pronunciation, so Nirjazti um, instead of Nirgazti, because it has a dugation in the Gimel, it's Nirjazti, and the W instead of the V at the beginning of the word and other things, you might find it difficult to understand, but if you listen carefully, you'll hear it. And many, many scholars believe that this is actually much closer to the original Hebrew than what we speak. So here it is, off of Project uh, Divan Halev. I'll post the link up uh, to it on our Facebook page, Shamati Shimacha. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
A piyut from the uh, Sephardic High Holidays Liturgy. Our Meir Milim segment, we usually pre-record it. Today we're going to do it live. We shed light on a word or a phrase in the Hebrew language. Chazal teach us that during the Yamim Noraim, from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur, God is especially close and open to our prayers, more so than during the rest of the year. That That is a uh, rather revolutionary idea. One might think that God is always available to us. And uh, this concept in Chazal is based 
on a verse on a pasuk in Sefer Yeshayahu. It's a verse that we read in the Haftorah on the fast days. Dirshu Hashem behimatzao kirauhu behiyoto karov. Be Doresh God at a time that he can be found, himatzo. And the Pasuk, as we've learned over uh, these past months, these, these Pasukim have two parts and they're very often are parallels. So the parallel part is, Kirahu'u, call out to him, Bihiyoto Karov, while he is near. So from the context, Doresh seems to mean pray. It's parallel to the Kirahu'u, call out to him. Bihimatzo is parallel to Bihiyoto Karov. Dirshu is parallel to Kirauhu. I demand an answer. Every Israeli family has heard the sentence, usually spoken by a father, to a guilty-looking child. In Hebrew, Anidoresh Tshuva, or Anidoresh Hezber. And, in Ikea instructions, we might find... Darush Patish. A hammer is required, is needed. Darash, Doresh, Dirshu, all the same Shoresh, all the same root, yet seemingly totally different meanings. Pray, demand, need. So let's take a look at Dalid Reishin, Doresh. One of the earliest instances of this word is in the book of Bereshit. Speaking of Rivka, Vaitrotitsu Habanim Bikirbava Tomer Imken Lamaze Anochi Vatelech Lidrosh et Hashem. Rivka is carrying twins. She feels unexplained movement in the womb. Something was going on inside there, to say the least. She has a quote unquote situation. She needs to understand what's happening. Well, what does one do when faced with such a predicament? But of course, you head off to your local prophet, a Navi, and you ask God. You seek out an answer from God, and that is the most basic meaning of lidrosh, to seek, in this case, to consult God and seek an answer from Him. At the end of Megillat Esther, it is said that Mordechai is a doresh, Tov le'amo. He seeks out the welfare of his nation. He seeks out good for his people. Well, a natural extension can be to seek out God through prayer. And hence in our pasuk, Dirshu Hashem, pray, call out to God. Centuries later, we see that the word becomes synonymous with study, especially Torah study. Bet Midrash or Beis Medrash, Batei Midrash in the plural, houses where the study of Torah takes place. Since 9-11, we've heard much about Islamic madrasas, Islamic religious schools. Well, we can't ignore the similarity of madrasa to midrash, a place where studying is taking place because of the similarity between the Arabic and Hebrew languages. And the books that expand on the Torah are the various Midrashim. How did this word evolve from seeking God to studying? Dr. Lior Gottlieb of Barilan University suggests the following. During the period of prophecy, we sought answers and advice directly from God via a Navi, a prophet. But when prophecy disappeared from the world, we could no longer be Doresh et Hashem, seek out answers from God directly. So we did the next best thing. We began Lidrosh et Devar Hashem. We sought answers by reading them into God's words, the Torah. By studying the Torah and trying to find answers to our current problems in the Psukim of the ancient texts, something we find often in the words of the Midrash. How did Lidrosh become demand, as we use it in modern Hebrew? Well, we have examples in Tanakh as well. Edrosh et Damo, or, V'haya ha'ish asher lo yishma el devarai, asher yidaber bishmi, anochi edrosh 
me'imo. Let's go back to seeking out. We can seek out an answer with the intent of demanding it. We demand an answer. We need to have it, as we need to have a hammer and a lot of patience to put together that IKEA bookcase. To sum it up, the original meaning of Doresh is to seek out, and it usually means to seek out God, Yeshua Tashem. Later it becomes to seek out God's word in the Midrash and in the Batei Midrash. And that's this week's edition of the Meir Milim segment. I'm Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. And we're going to go to one of the most popular classic Sephardic Slichot, Adon HaSlichot. Thanks so much for tuning in and making us a part of your day. Gaizu Aretz with uh, Adona Silichot. That melody is probably the most popular melody in Israel associated with Silichot. Everybody. And it's a Sephardi melody, but everybody, I think almost every Ashkenazic Israeli knows that melody as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. You can hear us, of course, at NachumSiegel.com or via iPhone or the Android app, which are available in their respective stores. Just take a search search for Nachum Siegel Network. If you don't have internet or a smartphone, you can listen on your telephone, as my Ima does every week. In New York, you can dial 212-419-4241, 212-419-4241. And I, I announce this because there are a lot of people listening who know people who don't have internet, access, but would love to hear the show, just tell them, give them the number, they can dial it up, it's a local call, put it on speakerphone, and have it going in their kitchen or in their living room. In uh, in Israel, 
And in the United Kingdom, and we're thrilled that we have listeners in the United Kingdom, and we do, 44207-097-0974, The uh, political cartoon strip, well, it's not only political, but the uh, cartoon strip, Dry Bones, which can be found, by the way, drybones.com, has a great little piece Four boxes. There's an ostrich who says, The West wouldn't call it an Islamic, Islamist war of worldwide conquest. So we just called it terrorism. Now we're afraid to say that there's a worldwide war between Sunni and Shia Islamists going on. So we call it, quote-unquote, sectarian violence. Yes. In fact, and then he... The picture, the last picture is the ostrich sticking its head in the ground, trying to ignore everything that is going on. Yes, that is what it is in the United States. We, the Obama administration doesn't even use the word terrorism. Forget about uh, Islamist war of worldwide conquest. Uh, we promised you uh, Ehud Banai with Yoni Genut. This is from the Sephardic Slichot, Ehud Banai. On the jacket, on the J card, the insert of the uh, album talks about how he remembers when he was sleeping over at his Saba and Safta, his grandparents. And very early in the morning, somebody would come and knock on the window and sing quietly, and his grandfather would answer back in song. He says many years after that, he asked his grandfather. He asked his father, actually, was that a dream that, you know, I dreamt that about Grandpa? He said, no, that was the Shamash. In the olden days, that's the way they woke up in the Sephardic community. They woke people up for Slichot. The Shamash would go from door to door, knock on the window or the door, and wake people up for Slichot with a little song. And uh, many years later, he says, I realized that it was the Piyut, that starts with Simulev al Hanashama. This is Baron Yachad, Yoni Genot, and Ehud Banai off of the album Ot La Ot. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
And Yoni Genur, Otla Ot is the album, Baron Yachad is the song, and in a uh, dramatic switch, we'll end off with Danny Sanderson, who celebrate the end of the summer season in Israel, Danny Sanderson and Hagalshan Sheli, not before we thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Posted uh, Baron Yachar on the Facebook page. We're going to post this uh, closing song there as well. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network for a great Music Monday mix. Until next Monday, following JM and DAM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.